Hello and welcome to Weekly Open. I'm Brian here with Josh, Luke, Don. We'll get to that in just a second. First, I want to tell you about FTX. They're our partners. Go to weeklyopen.com slash FTX. Make a trade there today. You can uh, go directly from one asset to the other. Liquidity is getting better and better, even for U.S. folks. FTX US can killing it with that ad campaign with the NFL, Sunday Night Football and all that every time. It's pretty fun. You uh, get yield on your assets as well. You get, uh, what is it, something? 5% beyond $10,000, 8% for your first $10,000 yield. Thanks to FTX, of course, you can track your portfolio like you've known and loved since 2014. Weeklyopen.com slash FTX. Uh, Josh, you're on top. How you doing, bud? Doing well. I still think we're going to survive here despite legacy looking really, really bad. We'll talk about that. I haven't looked at the DXY today, but that's also something to watch. Just really banking on uh, seasonality here. Okay. Uh, Don, how are you, bud? Good, good. I mean, we're looking at your chart where there's a fresh new green line of support. Love to see that. (laughs) Yeah, there's a bunch of green now. <laughs> Started running out of green lines, but now we have a bunch. I mean, looking looking decent, right? Compared to how the traditional markets look, this is uh, a treat for the eyes. So, yeah, yeah. Luke, what's up, dude? Doing all right, man. I'm in the middle of moving apartments and getting ready uh, for a trip to the Middle East. So, I have looked at less charts, and I'm curious to see what you guys are looking at in legacy. And uh, and what the what the week holds for us? Yeah, I think it'll be interesting. Uh, and by the way, Josh, uh, also maybe worth noting: um, stocks down, crypto down, dollar down. So there's not not dollar strength. This is down only this morning. Um, I think I still like my uh, my idea for where the dollar stops, which is basically now. Um, which should mean that uh, it's possible that we get a little tailwind in stocks sooner than later, maybe with the rotation. But uh, if the dollar decides to just be rangy again, that doesn't seem like terribly bearish stocks. Uh, so we'll see. I don't know. It's a little too early in the show to just be breaking out the Dixie. So I feel bad. <laughs> Don, do you well, want there's to? Well, there's just so much random stuff in China and the U.S., uh, lots of regulatory stuff, lots of macro stuff. And it's like, nothing's correlating like it should. And so what do you even look at? You know, yeah. we just stay in our lane here and focus on crypto stuff. Probably. Uh, Don, you want to give us the rundown? What Bitcoin's looking like? Uh, yeah, sure. I mean, high time frame wise, it still looks good. I think we closed about 45, which was kind of my, my, the thing I wanted to watch in mm-hmm. general. Like as long as we were trading below 45, it was kind of looking meh. And now that we're back above it, even though the traditional markets are kind of nuking, is is a really good sign in my opinion. Um, and I mean, I only have one resistance left, right? Which is 49. Like anything, um, anything above 50, basically, I'm gonna judge on relative strength and in general on momentum rather than support resistance lines. I don't think like. The 60k area here on the weekly basis is too strong resistance anymore. So if you go back up there, I mean, probably not going to do much. So for me, like this is the last area where you can really technically trade. Um, 
everything above there is just a momentum play. And I'd like to make that momentum play to the upside. Um, but if we start losing 45 again, I think then it looks incredibly weak. And then we like we could roll over and fuck off. It's just right now, like that's a really good first sign on the weekly. And then if you look at the daily time frame, we had like a massive, massive rally off of support that kind of reminds me of what we had back at 10K where we just had like an iron floor. Um, everything kind of looked relatively bad. And then Sailor just stepped in and kept buying everything. And it just went up and it kind of felt the same way in here where I was like, I was seeing absorption coming in and like the support got hit like a million times and didn't break, which is really good. Um, and then the moment you started breaking above 42, that's just a good, good signal that you're probably going to get like a continuation to the upside. So right now for me, still bullish, it looks like it wants to head higher. So, I mean, I'm just not looking to, to sell. And um, that's going to maintain like that stance that I have. I'm, I'm going to maintain unless we start losing like the support down here. I think at that point it would start looking really bad again. But I mean, that's quite a bit away. And the, the, I think like right now, the only weakness we're really getting is from the stock markets. And then the strength we're getting is just crypto native, which is really good. Mm -hmm. So that's something you want to be seeing, I think. Um, obviously, still going to take a shit if the S SPX just mega dumps. But I mean, assuming that is always a little bit much, I think. Yeah. So you're giving it a thousand dollar cushion or so below the the primary support line. Yeah. I mean, the, the daily support that we have here, I think that's like a dip area to buy. Like if we go to 46.4, if we wipe out here, I think that's a decent, like this one is a decent area to buy. Um, 44 gets dangerous. Like you can buy that. Like if it completely wicks, you can buy that and hope that it just wicks back up again. Um, but if you spend any time down at like 44, I start getting scared. Mm -hmm. And um, because I don't want to trade back into like the low 40s. If you do that, then you have like, let's say we bleed out here and sit on this support again. Then you start getting like, I don't think this will hold again. Um, because it's already done a monster task of holding this after like five tests. If it yeah. does it again, uh, that's not going to hold. And then you don't really have much support until much lower. So for me, um, <laughs> then zero. <laughs> yeah. So I, mean, I mean, it's just how this market works, right? Like the moment you start breaking that one support that everyone looks at, like everyone gets liquidated, a bunch of people start panicking. Uh, you wick to like super low areas, which I mean, I have no problem with, right? Like, let's say this wicks, this breaks down here, wicks to 23 and goes immediately up back to 32 and then starts grinding up. I'm totally down for that, right? But um, in general, right now, it looks like strength. So I wouldn't expect that. Luke, what day is the Dubai event? <clears throat> Uh, that's October 16th, but I imagine most crypto Twitter people will be getting there next week. Okay. So, so I'm, <clears throat> I'm bearish. I'm bearish during that event because it seems like every, <laughs> every significant crypto event, we just die. So that's just, I know that's a highly technical, uh, real quick, uh, Don, to your point on the 45 line, that's also kind of the line I've, I've continuously pointed to. And it's also where our like moving averages and everything are. So I, your levels and my levels coming at it from kind of different styles end up similar places. That always mm -hmm. gives me nice confluence, like when multiple systems kind of point to the same thing. Um, yeah. 
Well, you know what I'm going to say about that support line, right? Yeah, you're going to talk some cloud action, and uh, I want to hear it, but I better change my settings on sharing. (laughs) I was going to say, I was going to say inverted head and shoulders. Like if we dip down to that that daily support level. Oh, yeah, a little mini one. um, I'm all for it because. That looks nice. If we do, then yeah. I mean, let's go. I don't think there's anything to fear other than um, lower lows. Like, honestly, anything is perfectly acceptable. We could easily just moonshot from here, too. Like, I'm not. Yeah. I'm not. Uh, I'm not bearish this quarter until we break that low at what is that, 40K? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Like, like let it let it do its thing. Cloud looks good. Dude, the MAs look good. The ETF discussion is hot right now. Well, that's the other thing. That's the like white swan, I guess. Yeah, white the, swan. Uh, I like that. The, I like that term. The, the just uh, any regulatory uncertainty, but this in this case, uh, the good direction for us. Yeah, I'm curious what you guys think the the upside surprise would be there if an ETF was announced. I remember talking to um, Ari Paul two or three one or two years ago, and we were discussing on a show, and he said, you know, the day it gets announced, he would expect roughly, and this is a big estimate, but he said roughly like 50% pop in that day or the following days. Now, obviously, Bitcoin's a lot higher. It's probably like 3x higher. But um, just based on that announcement, like that would be massive, whether or not it corrects some of that after, who knows? But like, what do you guys think Bitcoin would actually do if an ETF got announced? Like how how high would we pop? I don't know. I mean, 50% is a lot for a single well, day. We're, we were way back. Yeah. We were like Bitcoin was like 10K back then. No, I think right now it would make a huge difference. Like uh, with like the market at an inflection point right now, let's say it comes out tomorrow, right? I think we go to like 60 and then I don't think stop there. I think just grind up. So, yeah. I mean, I think that'd be massively bullish and then it's probably not like a 50% pop in a day. Um, but in like a week? Quite, yeah. yeah. I'd be very surprised if it wasn't like, 30, 40, 50% in a week. And then the following week being green as well. Um, I mean, it wouldn't make sense to be bearish into news like that. Um, and I think a bunch of people would start feeling that this market is much more legitimate than they thought. And maybe some people already have money in, but kind of need an event, an event like that to kind of put in more. Uh, so I think exactly. it do, do big, 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 big movement to the but upside. What's funny about that with... Uh with Ari, Luke, because I think he's changed his stance on that a bit because he was used as a reply in a conversation about this this morning. Yeah. I was talking to uh, Bobby about the ETF because all the futures ETFs are like totally alive and all the physical backed ones are not. Um, right, right. So my point, because uh, Dan, Dan, I think, what, his name's Dan, right? Robustus? Uh, anyway. Yeah. He was saying it wouldn't be as big of a deal and pointed to Ari saying a Bitcoin futures ETF isn't that important. We already have Bitcoin ETFs around the world and lots of other easy ways for institutions to access marginal fundamentally. I very much disagree with that. Like a lot of stuff, GBTC is just a typical security, like buying an individual stock. And it's also listed OTC. It's not like NASDAQ or something, you know, so kind of like. Uh, within crypto, there's like lists or certain places where things are tradable, depending on how big they are, how, you know, kind of trusted they are, what access you have to them. And there's a lot of downsides to GBTC and other like securities based physical holdings of Bitcoin that make them pretty difficult to access, say, in like a 401k, uh, even self-directed, whereas pretty much uh, 
any self-directed 401k plan is going to give you access to like ETFs and mutual funds. And this, this would allow Bitcoin to be wrapped up and packaged in a whole lot of different types of products, one. And then secondarily, <clears throat> allow it to just have general access to like retail flows where people actually have their money, like in their retirement accounts. A lot of people, like they might have $100,000 in their 401k, but they have like $2,000 liquid in real life to like go buy on Coinbase. And I think it opens up massive retail flows in an ETF even beyond like GBTC and stuff. That's for Americans. I realize like the Canadian products and the British products and all these have like already come out, but I think the narrative potential is massive uh, for, a, for a Bitcoin ETF still. I don't, I don't downplay that personally, but I don't know. Uh, what do y'all think? I mean, I think like in general, like even, I, I don't think it would matter much like how many people get onboarded, like, like not in the short term. I think it's just like the narrative shift Right. That would yeah. matter a lot in the short term, right? Yeah. I think like so many people have been waiting for it and so many people have been waiting for it so long that they've kind of just said, okay, it's probably not going to come out. That It would make a big, big just shift in how people think about it. Not even, like it wouldn't even have to be like buying pressure coming from those, like from the ETFs. It's just like, just in general, like the, the news, the headlines, I think everything would just kind of shift a little bit more positively, but... I mean, sure. also, we'll I, see. It's, it, this is uh, a lazy way to do things, but it's worked for me historically, which is what would I do? Right. Like, so <laughs> if you ask yourself, like, what would I do? And then just apply it to more people. Um, <laughs> I can get you in trouble, but it does. Like, I have accounts where I would be able to buy if it was in an ETF, but I can't while it's in GBTC. And I have smaller accounts where I can buy GBTC. But even then I'm like, eh, suckers at a negative 17% uh, premium so that therefore a discount and then also it's a two percent fee per year um, a, a, a very low fee futures driven ETF that's instantly arbitrageable uh, if that's a word is highly advantageous and I would love to hold that relative to that's true GBTC yeah I think there's there's two things there as well like when I try to rank news I can't think of a more bullish event and I know there's some people saying you know ETF we don't need an ETF hold your own keys all that stuff um, but in all honesty, like I cannot think of a more positive catalyst, like Michael Saylor could announce more Bitcoin. It doesn't do too much. Maybe like Apple buying Bitcoin with their balance sheet, maybe but, like if you had to rank bullish catalysts for, for Bitcoin, I think ETF is number one on that list. So like, what is the most bullish catalyst ever for Bitcoin do, you know, regardless of, of whether or not you think it's positive, I think overall that's positive. And then Ledger, I think you're spot on. Like I, I kind of never thought of it like that. If, if someone has 150 K but they only have like 10K of play money. 10K of the play money is usually what they're buying crypto with. Like yeah. the other 100K that's in stocks and stuff. If all of a sudden that was opened up to Bitcoin, I know like all of us crypto native people are, are used to uh, that play money portion being a lot bigger than the than the real life money thing. But for, for the average person, that's it's the opposite. Yeah, it took a lot of time in the market for us to have our play money turn into like more than play money. Yeah. Um, like I have friends uh, in real life. I saw a friend classic right talking crypto with another dad at soccer <laughs> uh, <laughs> this this last weekend and you know <clears throat> very typical thing for normal people to do is they're like they tell you exactly how much to <laughs> put in right it's like yeah i put in like i don't know 700 bucks years ago and now it's 3000 and that's not life changing money for for this person you know this is a a well off you know person and they probably have uh mid six figures in retirement accounts 
So they might ape like 50K or 100K in their right. like retirement account. And that's just a different ballgame than the retail flows through your you know, mobile apps. Yeah. Uh, one other thing that I have thought about, this is the other side of it, right? Is if it's based on futures, I imagine it's going to be like CME based futures and that's a cash market. So is it bearish that it doesn't create the like black hole, like, uh, you know, uh, GBTC does where that's physical Bitcoin going down the, uh, like never to be, <laughs> never to be found again, uh, black hole. Whereas this is all just cash based stuff. I mean, it don't paves the way for yeah. a real one. Number one, and like we've already talked about, it's just a narrative thing. I don't think it's like short term. I think it's going to be a bigger deal than long term for the futures thing, um, just because it shifts the narrative. But I agree, like it's not going to be a black hole. I don't know, but all the money is in futures. Like the the legacy money is the futures products, right? Yeah. What is this basis for saying like I'm much more comfortable with a, a futures-based ETF? What, what's that? What's what is his, the basis for that? Well, when the SEC when they say that, yeah, I really don't know. I think it's because <laughs> it's it's our market and it's regulated versus like the spot markets, which in their mind are the wild wild west still. Even though That's, it's based on the same thing, like the futures price should be very similar to the spot price. Yeah, I yeah. think there's there's probably a cl an easier way for them to track what's legit and what's not, <clears throat> and they're they're in their mind it's like these shadowy super coders that are controlling ninety nine percent of the Bitcoin, God, these Chinese it. Bitcoins they're offloading. I that's that's what they think in their I mind. Love shadowy super coders. Gosh, yeah. Is that a Halloween outfit yet? Can you be one of those? How do you dress? We'll up? see it on Twitter. <laughs> yeah, I'm sure somebody will. Yep. Um, what other ETF thoughts y'all have, or have we like? throwing that out there. I, I mean, I just saw Suzu's uh, tweet. I, I didn't really know what sparked everyone starting to believe it was much more reality. I, I That was the tweet I retweeted and I barely even looked at it because I wasn't looking at the market too much. Was there new news that made it seem more likely that mm -hmm. you guys saw? I think something came across Bloomberg. That's what that, that's what Bob's okay. tweet was. Yeah, so Eric, whoever this is, um, Bob Kunis, this was this, uh, it was a couple days ago, actually, so I don't know. Um, they've kicked the can on the Bitcoin ETF approval, but the Futures Act of 1940, which Gary Gensler loves, uh, so those are very alive and likely. So they're actually putting the approval odds at 75% for October. Um, Here we go. So that's a very high odds percentage. Um, on the other side of this, Old Frankie Scoops has said very unlikely for this year. So, like, I don't know if Frank's digging his heels in or if he's changing his opinion because it's the futures based stuff. But, um, so the, I don't know if these are potential approval dates, that's what it says, or if it's like deadlines for responding. Cause you know how, like, there's a deadline and then a week before they're like, no. <laughs> and that always causes Bitcoin to dump and die again. Um, so I don't know if that's where these dates come from, but yeah, they they span between October 18th and November 1st. For purposes of the simulation, I would love for this to occur, Luke, while y'all are in Dubai. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> I mean, approval Dubai party. That's just the most crypto thing ever to happen. So it probably and that's will. always what happens. Like always, the dumbest stuff happens. So. Yep. Yep. 
I mean, with my with my history, I think like it's probably gonna be negative because every time I'm like any <laughs> convention whatsoever, like some hilariously bad news comes out and the entire market vanishes, and I'm just like sitting there and I never take anything that I can like I never take my trading setup with me, so I'm just sitting there being like fuck. <laughs> can't do anything is what sitting it is there, <laughs> yeah. drinking champagne chatting with people and watching your net worth nuke yep it go yep. down like 50 percent. done it before <laughs> yep. uh, so i think is. the big thing with this stuff is have a plan like have the size picked out have the exchange picked out know exactly what you're going to do in the news hits because it's probably going to have some asymmetric stuff in the beginning um if it this is all like a big f right but just be ready right do you don't want to you don't want to see the news, him and haw about it. Uh, you want to see the news, have an action plan already picked out exactly what you're going to do and just execute, right? Like if you're wrong, you're wrong. But um, I think having feelings one way about it or the other is definitely what you need to be doing. Right. right. Because that's huge. Like the, the news is going to do something like up or down, right? Uh, we all think it's positive or it's going to be positive. And I think most of us would trade it accordingly. So here's the big question then. Let's assume it comes out. Let's assume Bitcoin carries a bid at a bare minimum. Um, dominance. Bottom in? Yeah, I mean, dominance is <sighs> stupid anyway, but it, bottom would have to be in that day. I mean, that's going to double you out. What's the 50% retracement of that? Like 52%? Oh, gosh. I don't know if it can go that high, though. I don't think alts are going to necessarily suffer uh, right. on a USD basis, but obviously on a BTC basis, they will. If anything, ETH <laughs> would probably go along with BTC. Yeah. Right. People just say, oh, that's coming next. Yeah. <laughs> that narrative would happen so. quick. Josh, how do I think that it, narrative so much? <laughs> I think ETH would actually start dumping at first, and then people would buy it up and be like, this is going to be next. But yeah. Uh, Andrews are just the same. Fifty percent narrative would take dominance to fifty, or fifty percent retrace would take dominance to fifty-seven. Damn, I'm always going to be bearish on Bitcoin dominance, like on that chart specifically, because I mean it's such a stupid thing that's always going to trend down, right? Like all coins would have to go to zero for it to kind of actually start going up. Isn't even like um, how do you not love this chart? <laughs> there's, there's like stable coins in there too right like yeah, yeah they are. which makes so it bad. it's such a problematic chart from a so design bad. perspective but it doesn't make it less used yeah i mean it's it's used so much as actually like you can actually do ta on it from time to time it's just i yeah i do like i point it i look at this and i think if you have dominance you could have a 30 that was about a 30 percent move up um so like you could have a 35% move to get to here, which is a weekly 200, uh, 200 week moving average. And then it's also like slams into this like kind of prior level that it broke down from with, you know, the, well, this is, uh, March, 2021. So yeah, I mean, like this is the alternate layer one scramble basically where all those made up a lot of room. Um, so I could totally see something like this where everything floats sideways and Bitcoin goes up a lot the real question is what the, does eth kind of get lumped in as a major you know like the are bitcoin and eth or do they run simultaneously now instead of eth, eth going into the uh you the know altcoin bucket well eth btc had a good move 
yesterday, right? Mm -hmm. I, I didn't look at the chart, but. Yeah, well, no, it was a couple, two days ago. Um, mm -hmm. It's already like retraced half of it. Yeah, but it's still know, in the a dominance very, conversation. It's in such a tight range, like ETH BTC is mm -hmm. uh, in a, it, I think ETH BTC is ready to do something. My personal current bet, now this probably goes out the window with the ETF. My current bet is actually that ETH BTC goes ballistic. Um, but I could imagine, imagine, so if we, this is, that was a weekly chart I was showing. So if it does nothing until the ETF approval, I could see a world where it like tanks, like Bitcoin mm -hmm. goes ham and then it just turbo bounces and ETH gets a massive bid off of that. If, if I don't care what happens as long as it's tradable, I just want it to be tradable. I mean, if you want to make a comparison, I think like if we get an ETF for Bitcoin, right? And that's a big if. I think if you want to make a comparison, you look at this, you look at this, you look at this, and then you look at Moon, whatever. And I think that's probably going to be the case if we get an ETF. That would be awesome. Sure. <laughs> like, I, I, I don't see ETH, a world. So. <laughs> yeah, I, I don't think I see a world in which ETH does well if Bitcoin gets an ETF, like ETH BTC does well. I think that's like almost always going to dump into that announcement and after the announcement. It's just, it's going to get overdumped and then people are going to realize, okay, wait, this is actually dumb. This yeah. is probably going to be next. And it has like more upside because it's smaller than Bitcoin and people like it more and blah, blah, blah. And then uh, you probably get like a big leg up. I think that would be like the most bullish outcome for Eve. Um, As Josh yeah. and I talked about significantly on our Friday show, the best case scenario is that they don't move together because from a trader's perspective, you get to ride it twice as long as the market is overall bullish because there's, in my mind, no chance that Bitcoin moons or ETH moons and then the other one doesn't go, you know? So like if you can get the move twice and you actually, you know, adjust to the, to the move occurring, then that is so very bullish for your, your portfolio. Um, so I hope they don't move together, even though I think it's possible sans ETF that they do move together with ETF that actually gives a perfect catalyst for it, even though it's count counter to what I've talked about thinking Ethereum looks very good and should outperform yada, yada. I would love to see what happened back there that Don, if you point back to that one or it consolidated and then, um, you know, Bitcoin just took over in that move. That's all that was. That was that fall 2017, uh, Bitcoin took over in that in that setup and to a smaller degree it, the same thing happened in fall 2020 remember after DeFi summer september to uh january bitcoin went bananas uh, mm -hmm. in 2020 and the same stuff happens over and over again in this market so i guess it could do they could be that way right like fall q4 is for bitcoin <laughs> josh is that is that similar to what your um like calendar year stuff always shows yeah, I mean, ETH BTC has never done well in Q4, ever. It's never, ETH has never outperformed BTC in Q4. So if we get an ETF, uh, that's right on the money, right? Like, that's the expectation. It's not going to take that to beat ETH, I don't think, but that would seal the deal, I'm pretty sure. Yeah. Uh, potatoes in the chat said, I finally caught up live after watching on 2x speed, and now you all sound drunk and stupid. <laughs> 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 it's 11 a.m on a monday man come on i hate listening to myself at 1x so i don't blame you if you just press balls and wait for 2x again mr potatoes luke you had anything to add on the ETH btc stuff 
nothing really on the ETH PTC, but I think, uh, you know, if, if December ETF or not, um, what's just been true over the past three or six months is like the trades that work when Bitcoin dumps are going to be layer ones that continues to work. The trade that works when Bitcoin pumps continue to be layer ones. And like Bitcoin dominance is, you guys have already mentioned it, it's just so skewed because it has tens of thousands of others uh, of these other random coins but like bitcoin would probably do very well eth would probably take a second to catch up and then all the exciting trades happening right now would continue to be the best trades like i just don't see that changing it's the, the narrative would very quickly switch to oh if bitcoin can do that wow you know then then all of crypto is here to stay so i don't know it's it, it would be great if we could trade the bitcoin move and then as you guys said have a second chance to uh, to trade everything else yeah all right well we have to start our dive into everything else with the group trade that everybody on this call has made money on and therefore <laughs> probably gonna uh, groundhog or whatever you call it is like full retrace <laughs> tezos uh broke out above seven bucks uh which was it's like weekly all well it had a so all-time high basically yeah basically all-time high it looks like when it listed on coinbase it went to uh ten dollars for like two seconds back in 2017 but after a long just kind of grind and wind up, we all entered within the same like two weeks of candles. And now it's uh, in near price exploration and on the breakout. So are we gonna see, are we, are we all gonna win? Are we all gonna make it? Or is this about to fake out on us and we die? The problem with charts like Tezos, if you zoom way out, it's never had like an extended bullish move. It, <laughs> yeah, they always get it faded. Has, it's like bat, you remember bat? Yeah, it has moments where it does super well, but so it's hard to like establish that. I think I don't know if there's some other underlying reason, like people unstaking or whatever. I don't even know. Uh, unlocks in the protocol or whatever. I think um, it's like scarred backholders, but yeah. Well, yeah, it's it's definitely that because you're seeing a ton of resistance at all time highs, um, which you're gonna see anyway from people like that, but especially Tezos, where. <laughs> They've seen everything else like go to infinity without them, basically. And they're still holding Scar their like ICO coins or whatever. Scarred bag holders. And also it's it's people like, I remember even on last week's call, we were all like, yeah, we're bullish, but God, we're, we're long Tezos. I imagine it's a lot of people that are like, hold on, how high can this thing go? Okay, I got to sell some. So Don, we're getting to your first BTC relative resistance here. Huh? Yep. I mean... If you're like a Tezos hater and only took it because of the bullish setup, I think that's where you start selling. Um, I'm not. I think like if you already make this bet, right, it, may, it might make it like make it grand or make it not at all because I, I mean it's fucking Tezos. I really like that red line, uh, that bunch. Like this one. Uh huh. I, yeah. I like that as like a real resistance. I think the one that it's at now is like one of those bullish resistances, you know? <laughs> you just got to. Yeah uh turn around in there for a bit and then you have a chance for for more uh, i mean i honestly think like even like disregarding the bitcoin pair right uh, you look at soul and you see like a rally from 47 dollars all the way to 200 right and you look at tezos which broke the all-time high and then you want to take profit like 20 percent above basically it makes no sense to me like if you want to play this and i mean we're all playing it um, might as well play it to like 20 bucks. I agree. I mean, if you're in profit, what are you afraid of, right? Yeah. It's like, if it goes against you, who cares? <laughs> like, honestly. I'm a rotator. Like, maybe, maybe. I need to, maybe I need to perfect. And you've got... <laughs> I need to perfect the rotations. 
it's a it's a mental got disease. that size in there but i i mean i'm gonna be in it for like at least 15 to 20. i want to be in it for the long haul baby. yeah and then 15, if it dumps 20. it dumps i'll give back every single cent i don't care i would be euphoric at 15 to 20. Uh, yeah the eth relative pair is also hitting a significant level that goes back to early 2019 like it was the floor in 2019 it was the resistant or it finally broke it and then really fell off of that same level april 2021 Mm -hmm. um so is it gonna just like continue mediocrity and you know quit the rotation there was a lot of volume here though so this is one of those where i could totally imagine it kind of spanning back that gap um yeah and that would be on that relative basis that's well that's 200 percent. that's like tezos to freaking 30 bucks <laughs> so like that's a way more fun trade <laughs> yeah. yeah i mean look at this even at this chart i mean that could invert uh, into this too like yes yeah. <laughs> that's what i was just drawing Easy. up like the inverse yeah. like this is exactly what i what i meant so it's that's like beautiful you can, you can easily make that argument um yeah if you want to wait or just add at some horizontal. I mean, this stuff, I say inverted head and shoulders all the time because it happens all the time. <laughs> yeah. I mean, it's just market structure basically yeah. starts breaking and then it moves. And uh... it's the same way, like Don was saying, if we hit a certain level on Bitcoin again, don't expect it to hold. Anytime you have a completed head and shoulders, you're, you're marking like a one, two, you know, third touch at a bare minimum on a macro thing. So it makes yep. it. It makes it less likely to hold. Um, and that could be a one-year head and shoulders from January to January. And I mean, the, the the narrative is perfect for it. I mean, the only thing holding it back is that it's Tezos, right? So it's like, okay. I mean... So for the rotators of us, we wait for it to smack that line, then you switch it to BTC for the ETF, right? It, over the next week or two, Tezos pumps above $10. <laughs> and then... <laughs> And then Tezos kind of floats. Right? You so, you have a mental illness, my friend. I know. <laughs> I'm, I'm a troubled being. I'm a troubled being. I must rotate. I'm a rotator. <laughs> <laughs> so you hold you hold Bitcoin until the end of the year, and then uh, I'm also a taxor. So January first, uh, we rotate back to Tezos for the Turbo Moon from ten to thirty, and you miss nothing. Bitcoin's at six figures, Tezos to 30, bam. Tezos to 100. 100, sure, why not? You know what's what's interesting about Tezos? uh, If you were to look at all the layer ones so far in October, it's only been four days, but we are starting to already see some leaders. If you had all the layer ones, so things like Luna, things like Solana, Phantom, Dot, Atom, uh, Cardano, and AVAX, Tezos is on top at about 35% already for October. The closest thing is Luna at 20%. Yeah, so. people will get upset with us if we don't talk about Luna. Somebody said it already broke out. They've actually been moving in a, a near lockstep. And actually, I think Tezos has probably moved a little faster on a daily chart. Yep. Um, but they've, like, I think uh, Luna is obviously in more clear price expression on the weekly. But I, the thing is, these Luna people are in no pain whatsoever, <laughs> right? Like, they're euphoric. And... I, the relative trade in my mind is like better value for Tezos. That's my yeah, point. I agree. It's cheaper. It's saving the planet too. I mean, that's why I'm in Tezos. <laughs> <laughs> like I like Luna, but there is no chance that I'm buying someone else's. I don't, I can't calculate how many X's like, yeah, this thing was on Binance 
and set a multi-week floor at 30 cents. Um, so like, I don't, I don't want to buy someone else who's up 15,000%. That's what that move is from plenty of time to fill your bags in 2020 and up this much. I'm not buying their bag. I would only buy a chart like this on extreme weakness. Yeah, I mean, the thing uh, is, like, okay. the, the big problem, sorry, Josh. Um, no, you're good. The, the big problem with it is that, like, it's really hard to find a good setup on it. Like, with Tezos, the, the big advantage was that, like, that was, this was, like, a straightforward, just kind of, like, pull back into range high, right? On on the Bitcoin pair and on the USD pair was basically a play on the new all-time high. Like, whenever you have that, it's really easy to just kind of buy it and you exactly, like, you know when to get out. And you know, look at Luna. And I mean, if you're in from way lower, that's easy to say, right? Okay, uh, fucking moon it. But like, where the fuck do you buy this, right? <laughs> Down 50% is where you buy it at that red yeah, line. Yeah, like if this dumps like 60% and you buy into that box, it's I mean, that's still good. bullish. <laughs> yeah, like that's the thing, right? And then if you buy here, your invalidation has to be below that red like red box, right? And that's basically <laughs> all your money gone. And it's like, <laughs> what the fuck do you do with that? You can't really. And that's, so, and that's how it, that's also how like you create FOMO in a coin. So it could totally keep, still keep going up. I'm, I'm just, it's not for me. Like people get upset sometimes when you're like not willing to buy their bags because you say it's not for me. Otherwise, the only way to play something like this would essentially be um, much lower time frame where you're going to have obviously paper hands, right? Because your risk profile is much smaller. So you buy on a day like today, or, you know, you buy retests in 43 to 45, let's say you get some kind of entry in there, but you cut that sucker below 42, 42.50, something like that. Like you have a very tight stop and then you're probably gonna get stopped because that's what happens when you're trading on lower time frames. What's, what, what's the upside potential? Like 50, 100? Yeah, that's like what, a, that's, what multiple do you have that's there? A, that's, you know? a very, that's a very lower, uh, low time frame trade. I think, I mean, I'm gonna pigeon brain this again. Um, but like put a fib on the like range high range low in price expiration, your 1.618 is $54. So do what's, what's, what is that upside? Let's say market bought it right now and you play it to there. That's a 16% move. I'm not, no, thanks. Not playing 16% moves when the downside for like staying bullish is down 60%. Therefore, you have to cut it at like 42 or something. So, and you're just going to get stopped out. So that's a trade. That's more like if you're trading with size on margin or something, maybe you could play that. I'm not looking for that from a like macro spot holdings position. Congrats to Luna holders though, man. That thing is, it's a beast. It's yeah. done really well. I'm very happy for them. I'm just not buying their bags. Yeah. Yeah, I agree. I think people who are still bullish on it are setting themselves up for some disappointment <laughs> like yeah it'll keep going it'll do well but if you're a rotator what, what are you doing you know <laughs> at the very least just keep your initial investment in there take everything else out put it in anything else literally and bob's your uncle all way you go right yeah like um, everything doesn't need to be eth and btc where it goes to like 25x in a, a two months time right like i think people see these outsized returns and the hard the large caps and they just expect it, it like overnight in these low caps and then they, they lose their mind when people are like no use some risk potential risk whatever aversion and clean it up a little bit here 
And they're like, no, nope, we're going to infinity. This is it. And it's just like, okay, I don't want to be in that trade with you, but have fun, you know? So I want to look at a chart that we haven't talked about in a while, but, and maybe this will mark the bottom, but we deserve a little bit of a pat on the back for ourselves here, uh, which is Doge relative to BTC is essentially following the exact plan that we highlighted to the degree that it's now oh gosh. facing resistance again in a nasty looking way. Um, like that was where it consolidated back in April and the way that we talked about pop and bleed, pop and bleed. I could see this again, like popping people getting excited. And then I would expect it to die out with after a 20% move or so, whatever that percentage is. Yep. Um, no plan changing here, but capital rotation, Bitcoin ETF, same concept. Um, I imagine a lot of the Robin hood doge money might like decide to capitulate this if Bitcoin starts mooning. So just another one to, uh, keep in mind. Our poor well, Doge is a great example of everything we're just talking about with uh, with Terra Luna, whatever the hell it is. Like you're up a billion percent, guys. Like, what are you doing? Take profit, go move somewhere else, right? Why <laughs> stay in this and become a community member? You know, I, I just I mean, don't. I don't understand it. Especially with Dogecoin, right? We all know this is garbage. Right? It's like I mean, we all love Dogecoin. I mean, we love it when it's slower. We hate it when it's higher. But it's like. It's fucking Dogecoin. <laughs> like, what are you doing? But yeah, I, I agree. This is just going to play out like XRP. I've talked about it before. XRP in 2018 uh, basically pop. And then like it does this million times, slowly starts bleeding out, has like bigger pops, smaller pops. But in general, like this is going to go back to 200 sats, I think. Yeah. Um, which is still more than a 50% drop. So it's a 60. Yeah. So on the dollar pair, it's still a 64% drop away from the what was on the moon, like seven cents was Doge on the moon. <laughs> and now it's a 65% drop from here, which is once again, like under important moving averages, horizontally looks very weak, whatever, however you want to look at it, it looks weak. And mm -hmm. uh, seven, eight cents is kind of the next shelf. And that's a 65% drop. So this thing, yeah. this thing could get absolutely torched relative to BTC, relative to USD. Now, you could look at this and say, okay, well, if it reclaims, I don't know, 26 cents, like then you have the, everything is stupid, move to a dollar cycle over. <laughs> you know, like, mm -hmm. To me, that's truly a cycle over indicator is if Doge has that one last move to get massive liquidity for people. Yeah, I think like it, Doge is not going to make a new all-time high to cycle on the Bitcoin pair. But I mean, if crypto as a whole goes completely nuts, I could see Doge go to a dollar. It's just, if it does that, it's over. I mean, you know that it's over. Yeah. Like in general, I think the crypto market as a whole, um, if you look at, at it in isolation, right? Because like the S&P can kind of fuck it up. If the S&P just mega dumps uh, crypto, like all the setups, like nothing's going to just scream. Okay. That's going to happen in crypto. Some people kind of like look at the chart and then something like a black swan like COVID crash happens and they're like ah this was obvious right um because this and this old coin move that's this not that way that's bullshit right but in general like in isolation if you see like a dogecoin massive pump because people like start getting like hyper risk on hyper trash um trash buying mode engaged kind of mode then i think that's where you start topping out again for 
crypto as a whole. So like, let's say Dogecoin pumps from here to like 950 to 1K sats, um, just from nowhere basically. And then you see like a bunch of people write about it again. That's where you want to like start risking off massively. So in general, like having Dogecoin um, as a chart to watch makes a lot of sense because you can kind of measure how dumb the market is. If Dogecoin's high up, the market is completely ridiculous, um, especially in a, in a situation like this. And if it's low, I mean, everything's still fine. And right now everything seems to be somewhat fine on the speculation side of things. Can I, anyway. can I point to another potential uh, like kind of complacency coin? And Please. Luke, this might make you upset. I'm sorry. Oh, oh shit, XRP? No, it's, no, it's going to be AXS. Oh, no, not Axis. I should look at that one too. Okay. Uh, but it was Solana versus ETH. Um, it looks like it, uh, it, it's that resistance. It could still do its thing. Maybe it'll just do like a whole bunch of sideways, kind of repeat this. Uh, but like, I don't feel super strong about Solana relative to ETH looking at this chart. It looks like, it looks tired. That's what it looks like. I would agree me. with that. I would agree with that. I don't really have any Solana left. I'm uh, okay with that. I, I, I add some Solana, but it's it's purely based on code because I miss so much of that move. Um, so I'm okay with that. I'm okay with that. Like maybe it, maybe it sits in some kind of channel like that for a really long time, or maybe that's not the channel. Like maybe the channel's down here. I don't, but the point is, I don't know where that is, and this is not a comfy entry for me. So when people are like telling me I need to be in Solana, very similar type of argument. It could have a long consolidation versus the dollar. It could go to new highs. I think you have to wait for one of those to occur. Like this is no man's land. This is complacency shoulder potential land. So therefore, I either want the long consolidation and I buy it. I'm happy buying it at $160, um, you know, two months from now. Or you wait for the actual highs to occur and you know you FOMO something like that but uh, it's not in a it's a fine place to hold if you're a holder it's not a it's not a great place to enter in my in my opinion ledger to, to add on to that what what's made a lot of these layer one trades so exciting is people can look at the relative valuation and say okay you know if this thing catches up to ETH or if it's 10% of ETH you know it can, it can rise that much i think Solana's now risen to the point where it's in that you know 1 to 10 biggest coins by market cap slot and it's there's everything just gets clogged up there like how exciting is it for Solana to pump 2x again and, and also how tough is that to happen it's it's like even if you if you're a massive Solana bull I know there's a lot of them on Twitter that think it is going to continue to eat into ETH's market share it's like okay but should it be worth 20% of ETH's market share like how big are people's bags once it becomes 20% of ETH's market share it's like those people by necessity just kind of have to sell so I think Solana even though it can look good it's struggling of like the, it's done too good. Like it, it kind of has to come back. Um, Terpy in the chat needs to check yourself because I called this top right here and I called this bottom. So Mr. Last time it Ledger said this, it went turbo. <laughs> check facts. Um, yeah. So there, uh, Luke, you mentioned axes. I can't find it, but I heard it is axs yeah mm -hmm. i can't find it in my watch list it's i know i have it don if you so, want to pull it up uh, i heard it went absolutely ballistic Jesus. Again. so axs finally got it's actually wild how well they've executed they finally and this has been on the roadmap since <laughs> i bought back in july um and, and when i talked to uh luke all, is very all credit luke is all, so wealthy <laughs> all credit goes to the delphi guys all credit goes to the delphi guys i cannot you know even even say it correctly how big of gigabrains they are not only that they called luna as well 
But um, I mean, they solely were the ones who put this on my map. Uh, and the hour long conversation is what convinced me to buy. And they said uh, staking was going to come out in September. So up until now, all AXS that was generated from fees on that marketplace, it's the biggest NFT marketplace in the world. Um, you would pay some of the fees in AXS and it would go to the treasury. And until now, all that would just kind of sit on like their balance sheet or their treasury was locked up and it was kind of creating this supply shock. Um, and now some of that AXS is being paid out to people that want to stake. So you have the most used crypto app in the world, the most used NFT game in the world, whatever you want to call it, um, is now actually owned by people that hold AXS. If you want to earn revenues from people playing the game and people buying NFTs, you have AXS, you get paid out in AXS. So it happened, it worked. And uh, I think the API, a API is pretty good. I haven't even looked at it. That's I'm not wild. staking. So, uh, so but it, it worked, they executed. I don't know where it goes from here now. I mean, it's yeah. kind of blowing the line. It's at 140, but- uh, But if you're earning but, uh, income on it and you're happy with what you have in, like, it's fine, you know? Yeah. And it's-, it's the Biggest crypto game in the world. Yeah. Uh, what a chart, holy shit. <laughs> Four dollars to 140. I mean- I wish I was in at four. I was not in at four. Ten to twenty is where I where I got long. That's still awesome. That's ten X, man. Gotta gotta love those. Um That's well, what all the Luna people want the chart to look like. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Uh another relative trade, AVAX. Uh shout out JP for uh pointing to this at the literal top, September twenty-fifth. Um this chart got a little dicey looking. Not to say it's uh, topped, it could actually be bottoming here, it could be support, um, but it's just not as clear of a trade setup. Also the dollar trade on AVAX, like basically just needs to get back above 75 to show that it can do the move to 100. Um, just a little dicier than some trades out there. Uh, I think it might be a buy like 56 or something. Um, when I felt that kind of like, you just felt the moves be a little slower. Like, I don't know if y'all trade any of the stuff on AVAX, but like Joe, the Joe token, like the move, the bounce back was not quite as good as it was the other times. And I use that as kind of my um, signal that that trade was a little dicier. Like people made a lot of money and I made a lot of money. Um, and I, I risked off not fully, like I'm still farming some stuff, but like relative to ETH and then I'm selling most of my rewards, you know, just paying attention. How does this look relative to ETH? How does this look relative to Bitcoin? Mm -hmm. trade's not as exciting as it was and it can be exciting again but to me it's not right now when are the incentives over i'm i haven't kept oh, up lasts, with uh, it lasts a really long time which is also why it's like it, it, there's going to be good times to buy and bad times to buy and okay when people like made a ton of money as joe went from 30 cents to three dollars and four dollars you know what i mean like it's like like maybe the inflation schedule of Joe starts to kick in and the farming's a little yeah. less attractive. That said, somebody said earlier, I don't know to verify this, but I think um, Ave just deployed um, for for Avalanche Rush stuff. So like maybe that'll be a bullish catalyst on one or multiple coins there. Like when Ave deployed on uh, Polygon, it was a huge deal. Um, so maybe you'll see some positive flows. I just want to see the chart start to support those things and. Um, I mean, like I said, until that, I, I, I like Ethereum. I like Bitcoin. I want to, I'm trying to be liquid, stick with the majors until the trade really presents itself. Yeah. I thought AVAX would be a lot higher. It's, I mean, it's not disappointing by any means, but it's like, I still think I th we would, I think so. I thought we would be higher by now. I think so many of the flows went straight to the alts there. <laughs> you yeah. know, like, 
I think a lot of AVAX because, you know, you bridge over and you, you have AVAX as like your, your primary thing. And I think people were, when you're making a swap, you're making a swap from AVAX to something else. And I think a yeah. lot of the flows went into Joe and other stuff that just went turbo. I think that might have muted the AVAX move, but I could be wrong. I could, I could totally be wrong. And I'm willing to get back in that trade. I'm good willing to get back in any of these trades, but it makes me, it just makes me a little nervous look at the relative trades you talk about the the BT, btc etf stuff it just i don't know yep. maybe i'm being too careful right now but i feel I, mean, I feel like we're due for this move in the majors i know we're an hour in but so, something else to think about is the sec ripple stuff um like that could have a big impact on all sorts of things as well i don't know basically the temperature the odds on that everything else being a security mm-hmm. <laughs> I yeah, mean, like people if, should cheer for it, right? Like cheer for XRP or like for Ripple. Otherwise, if like if they start losing, we have a problem. Basically, I think. I don't want them to win though. Like it's very something a very similar case. No, I agree with you. Like it, it's probably the best move for crypto. Like if they can't win this XRP, <laughs> like it's going to be a trouble elsewhere. I, and they might have just poked a bear with a lot too many resources, you know, to win. Yep. Um, Chart doesn't look bad. Chart looks like it's trying to price in winning, but it, I bet it if they did win, it'd probably go to like $2 immediately. <laughs> mm-hmm. I've actually read like, I, I don't know, I've talked with a bunch of lawyers on this matter and like they're very, very conflicted. Like I've talked with a bunch that are like, okay, they're probably going to win. And then I've talked like lately, I've heard more and more, okay, I think they're going to lose. Uh, I'm not entirely sure how it's going to end up. going to be interesting. If they lose, it'll set precedent for a lot of other like uh corporate entities with token stuff and whatever and it'll be used i think like that's what the sec would take with them and say like your turn you know we took down the the giant even though theirs was one of the more egregious cases probably there's lots of egregious cases out there if you go make them (laughs) so i think it would probably uh tighten a lot of legal buttholes at like coinbase (laughs) or you know places that have listed a lot of things that could get lumped in with xrp yeah gotta be wild Uh, yeah it's gonna do something to the market right like i think it's probably 50 50 or or worse for ripple i don't know who the hell knows what what gary and company is gonna do eventually but Imagine like that plus the ETF. Plus we have all this China liquidity exiting the market. I know that's like a slow rolling uh, train wreck, but um, Huobi, OKEx, all these uh, Chinese exchanges are telling all of them they have to be actually really done by um, by December. So that may limit upside because we don't have like the Chinese gamble or whatever in the market anymore. Mm-hmm. Um, so that's also something to to consider so the china news about dexes is what made uniswap finally go ballistic uh i don't know if that's faded off but i I have this d5 perp relative to eth chart that josh you and i have talked about a lot uh it's still basically telling you that the trade is there but the buy signal is not (laughs) so like this i don't know how many weeks kind of level um in my mind this is basically the trade and it's a it's a difficult trade again to make because you could lose 20 percent to go if you cut it at new lows but if you enter it um basically current levels but when you get a signal 
the upside is basically the top of the range DeFi relative to ETH. None of these DeFi majors have really gone into price exploration topside, have they? Um, did Uniswap actually go to new highs? No, it didn't. Yeah, so even like the next trade for these is basically for them to go to new highs on a really, really, really long time frame because they. I all, mean that thing looks bottomy too. And something else we haven't talked about regulatory is DeFi and uh, KYC AML stuff, or you know who the hell knows what's the comp related four uh, percent liquidity thing. I'd, I'd like and Europe talking about in January. Having a crackdown on DeFi. What was the question about comps stuff? You mean their like treasury bug? Com- no, no, not their bug. Just the product comp is offering that uh, Coinbase tried to offer and the SEC said no. Well, comps is a security. We had them talk about that on Up Only. He was like, go look at the bottom. It is literally a security. It's like theirs is the most regulatory appropriate of all that's, of those products. That's fine. But until there's clarity on them as far as like punishment regarding wherever the hell, you know, that's just another. No, they already they open. already went through all of that. Like people only accredited investors that know they're buying a security can even get in it. So like there's this far, far more like uh, rational for someone to enter than any of the other ones. Whereas Coinbase just didn't want to mm. go through the steps to require all of that. Comp requires people to do that. Like you're, it's like you're buying GBTC directly from Grayscale. It's very similar. Um, and then they're deploying the funds within the DeFi ecosystem. Like, I think theirs is really smart. Um, nevertheless, I have the, I do agree though, Josh, like all the yield stuff, uh, whatever the Coinbase lending one, BlockFi, like there's got to be some clarity on those. But I think those are those, I think those are probably securities. I cannot not show this chart because I just happened to click over to it. Uh, this is like Dejin Spartan laughing <laughs> maniacally. Um, like Wi-Fi relative to ETH, just it literally can't do anything. Like that is so bad. I don't know if I've seen a chart this bad. <laughs> that's that's game over right there. Yeah, it looks <laughs> yeah. like it wants to capitulate still, but to yeah. what? Uh, here's the relative to VTC one. Like this is making new lows, right? No doubt. Jesus fuck. Even the USD chart looks completely trash. Yeah. I mean, the yield aggregators don't look good from a token perspective. The valueless governance tokens are indeed maybe valueless. Um, but the range played out pretty nicely. Yeah. At least TA worked. Sushi still looks like a Renko chart. <laughs> like just, all greed are all red. It's like no between. Um, yeah, so DeFi stuff just is very... In a, it's very ill-defined in my mind in terms of a trade setup. Still lagging. Until yeah, the layer one trade stops. Support? This Wi-Fi support? I don't want to buy it. I would, Probably I, not. I look, at no. it, I look at it as a fall straight through. Yeah, that's... Yeah, it looks like You, it, you right? buy it, I'll watch you. <laughs> I you do love, this. Don, I'd love that trade. <laughs> I mean, I'm not going to touch that support whatsoever. Like, even if it bounces, I don't give a shit. Like, this is something I never buy. But yeah, if it straight up falls through, loses like 50% of its value and then reclaims, I mean, then you get like a second leg or something. Luke, can you describe your thesis about what you said? When the layer one trade stops, DeFi can move. Yeah, I'm stealing a little bit of 
little bit of it from from Split, but that's basically when DeFi stopped outperforming ETH. Is when everyone else wanted to punt on Solana, Avax, Luna, uh, and now all of us on Tezos. It's like it's a lot easier for VCs to pump those narratives and pump those coins. And it's like, you know, if imagine if you're building a Dex on on Avax is the best example. It's like why would I buy Uniswap when I could buy Joe at a you know one one hundredth of the valuation? It's just such an easy narrative. It's like the risk reward makes so much sense. Um, you know, even if even if Joe does horribly, it's like probably going to do just as bad as as Uniswap. So, once people start stop believing, I guess that layer ones can compete with ETH. Then, you know, what can you bet on on ETH? You'll bet on DeFi. But right now, it's like they're already in the multi billions. Like, how attractive is that if you're a VC to be like, let's make a big bet on on Uniswap? I think this could be bigger. It's like, okay, how much bigger can it be? I, and I'm not bearish on Uniswap at all. It's just like. How much bigger can they be? It's not as attractive to make bets on billion dollar things. All yeah, time. I mean, with e fees too, right? I mean, e fees yeah. just been so bad um, that it's so hard to kind of def- like defend any kind of over the top bullishness on any protocols that run on ETH because I mean, you can't really do anything um, if if you can't pay for it. Alternatively, the ones that deploy everywhere, I think, could end up being um, winners, but we're not seeing that yet either. Mm-hmm. Sushi and Abe, by far, the clearest mm-hmm. examples of that. They don't look like absolute trash, but they are still just very range-bound. And I don't know if the market's smart enough to give them better value because they're willing to deploy everywhere. And I think what would happen is if you – if uh, so like the Ben, ben Key, I, I guess, is whatever the Avalanche native borrowing and lending platform – if you start to see Ave overtake the native solutions, which are all just forks of ETH ones. <laughs> so like if you see the the ETH blue chips, whatever, start to dominate the, the other ecosystems, then I think you could see a markup cycle in these eventually. We're just not seeing it yet. Um, that said, if I look at like Ave on a relative basis, say to ETH, it looks much more like punt capable to me although that's very this is a very tight punt that that looks also game over to me it look it's a for some reason i like it a little bit i like it a little better than wi-fi but maybe it's because it's on that floor i don't know like part of it until there's until there's regulatory clarity about lending and borrowing stuff in DeFi land um i just think you're gonna have a bad time (laughs) very clear levels here guys very very clear or just just buy don't be afraid just buy what's the worst can happen <laughs> it could uh the the next low is another 23 percent down on a relative i'd rather basis. buy tarot than that chart i'll tell you that much yeah i mean the funny thing is like the btc chart looks similar to soul before it took off it's just i have like a different gut feeling about Aave than than i have about soul because i mean look at this i can actually put them side by side if you want any hopium, you'd look at this and be like, but Soul did it. Um, where is my Soul shot? Whatever. You can still draw this so out. That thing, right? that kind of, yeah. So that's that was Soul. This is Ave right now. And I have a feeling that this actually might just straight up dump out of it. Um, <laughs> but I mean, if it starts breaking this, right? I mean, that's at least some hopium there. You don't want to be like the guy that gets bearish into that if it starts breaking out and starts holding. It's the same thing that I said about Soul when, when it like 
and I wish I had more original chop. I was like, if it breaks this like diagonal and the horizontal, it's gonna go. And I think it's the same thing here. Like if it breaks a diagonal and then breaks, I mean, probably this one, I wouldn't want to counter trade it. Like I would think it's just gonna go straight up. But until then, I mean, you're looking at a drop of what, like where's the next support on the Bitcoin relative pair. Yeah, I know we're getting long on the show here, uh, but I wanted to highlight a couple of low time frame things. Um, Bitcoin starting to move, crypto bouncing kind of all over, seems directly correlated to a very dumpy stock market looking like it's trying to make a bottom for the day. Um, we're doing that thing again where we start ticking with the, with the stock market, but showing relative strength, which is very good. Uh, mm -hmm. stocks look like absolute doo-doo. Don has talked about this, uh, earlier this morning. I don't know if you talked about it on the show. Um, where the heck is my, I accidentally removed my moving averages. Um, the 200 day moving average on the S and P is still a few percent away. If it's going to do that trip all the way down, the, uh, Q's have not gotten to their 200 day moving average in all of COVID really. Um, the, the stock market looks quite quite weak um when the stock market bounces super moon for crypto do we agree on that mm -hmm. looks like it i mean it's the, the only, it's the only headwind all... we've had isn't it yeah yeah which is impressive really because it's been the other way around for the down move right crypto was weaker than the stock market pretty much after it has set its 60k top and uh, that has reversed so that makes me hopeful that if the the stock market bottoms, I think crypto is just gonna get like a nice boost. And I mean, look at look at the recent lower time frames. I mean, yeah. you, you just gotta compare the two, and it's like crypto is so so much stronger. So it's so yeah. like it's so easy to be bullish crypto when that happens because you know that people are buying it no matter the S and P like how the S and P looks. And once that bottoms, um, it's probably both just go again so yeah for that's sure. bullish there's the stock market stuff is very interesting too because um you know oil uh and energy stuff is going bananas um so there's a lot of weird rotation driven stuff uh in that market i have this line um on my monthly oil chart and i uh, it's kind of like this multi-decade kind of line in the sand. It was the top in July 2018. Uh, March support several times. It was, I don't know, it's just a line, $75 barrel of oil. I feel like just nationally as well, we freak out when oil's above $75, <laughs> you know? Uh, and I think it's a really fun narrative for oil to go to zero to have negative oil prices at the like depths of the COVID dumps and then go to infinity. Yep. <laughs> like, it just makes way too much sense. So I, I, I feel obscene saying it, but like, I legit think we could see like $140 oil. Um, and you know, that would come alongside massive like revolt, popular revolt. Um, and it'd be really interesting from a, mm -hmm. a narrative perspective and like the suppliers just don't they can't get things out they're having a hard time the there's a lot of interesting stuff out there there's also a potential uranium trade out there that's interesting very similar 
in concept, but the uranium producer companies are like, they look like altcoin charts. Um, <laughs> let me see if I can find one. Uh, and I'm that oil chart looks like Bitcoin did after the COVID crash. Doesn't it? And it looks like it's like just ready to go. Um, yeah. so the, yeah, th this one, uh, it doesn't look that special here, but if I enjoy it when I put it in linear, because then it just looks like the dumbest altcoin charts, <laughs> just infinite, <laughs> infinite volume, just a tick above the floor. And like, what if, what if? You know, like, just give me my, uh, give me my 10 X on some random, you know, uranium producer. Uh, I enjoy, I enjoy this trade setup. So I bought a, uh, a bunch this morning. So I thought it was fun. We'll see. Doesn't really have what a What are you speculating on? Like nuclear war? <laughs> no, no, no. So the, I heard a good, <laughs> I heard, a, I heard a, somebody call me the uranium war. <laughs> uh, so this guy named Cuppy went on the market huddle, which is one of my favorite like traditional market podcasts. They just don't take themselves too seriously. Um, so he, he gave a pretty good argument, whereas the oil stuff gets so expensive because the, of the crackdown on like, you know, we're going green at all costs, whatever green can't keep up oil now is like kind of throttled. So the great compromise would essentially be nuclear because uh, green energy advocates and old energy advocates can all kind of get on board that nuclear works, it's cheap, it's affordable, whatever. And that's the way we can expand our energy usage in a way that's cleaner. Um, I like it. So, and nuclear's had a lot of uh, strangles on it in like in Japan, in the US. And if a couple of like these plants or whatever get turned on or whatever, it's, it's an interesting narrative that I think could really work. And uh, like that uranium sector, it was like altcoins in 2018, you know, like there's just such contraction. Um, and they, they were basically just shut off waiting for prices to improve. <laughs> Like, like skeleton crews on these mines and stuff because uranium was like half the price of what it needed to be for them to actually do anything in profit. Um, anyway, so Cuppy talked about it as like one of his favorite trade setups. I think Lynn Alden also talked about it as being like one of the most, one of the best risk reward trade setups of her career. Um, she's, yeah. she's very good at macro stuff in my mind. So yeah, I like it. Um, I actually sold a little bit of Ethereum, ETH E, in order to buy Uranium crap this morning. So probably going to regret that, but I have enough Ethereum elsewhere. <laughs> yeah. I like the idea. Yeah, BTC's ripping. Um, oh, yeah. Everything's ripping. <laughs> Love it. We better stop talking before we... All right. Yeah, we don't want to ruin this. Uh, all right, what we, real quick, what are we looking for this week? moon moon and majors <laughs> the moon and majors that's what we're looking for rotate all your alts while you still can there's still time <laughs> you can always rotate enjoy the rotation thanks for being with us go to weeklyopen.com slash ftx you can make a trade there today track your portfolio as you rotate from your altcoins to majors you can do it on ftx weeklyopen.com slash ftx track your portfolio earn interest on your coins while you got them in there have fun download it today talk to you later <laughs> <laughs>